morning. Welcome to Pop That Culture. I can see you. Can you see us? Yeah. I can see you, Joe. There's a, there's a two-way mirror you're here. right here. It's yeah, exactly. Sweet. And what you're doing right now, quit doing it. It's gross. Yeah. Don't do that anymore. It's so uh, Monday, we were on vacation. We had uh -huh. the day off. And yes. then we were voluntarily, or no, involuntarily, involuntarily. Uh, extended because there was <laughs> yeah. a brownout. And no, we're not talking about sharts. Wow. Although that wow. could happen during the show. You don't know. Hmm. Joe's wearing dark enough jeans to. Or no, no, you, oh, no, you're not. No. It would show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing white. <laughs> it's not after Labor Day, though, so you're <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, kind of reminded me because we just had the big anniversary for the power outage in 2003. Right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Where were, where were you? I when was that working at my house. Happened, were you? I had like a couple guys over and they were, you know, we were framing a wall mm -hmm. and the power went out. They said, oh, no. We can't work. We don't have power tools. I said, I saw some battery-operated circular saws. Keep working. <laughs> you are a taskmaster. Uh, dude. Wow. I'm paying you under the table, man. You got to take care of me. You better take my saying. money and do my work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was getting ready to leave in the next few days for a bachelorette party. Oh. So I was at the mall looking for something. Looking for those little lined-up wieners that jump around. Right. And then, yeah, exactly. Looking for Making a dirty... Making your lifesaver shirt. Suffer buck, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was looking for all that stuff. So it's pretty freaky when you're in a mall and the power goes out. <laughs> and then mm. get in my car and the traffic is at like a standstill and my phone wasn't really working. And so, of course, I immediately thought like, oh, God, it's a terror attack. Right, I thought happening? the same thing. How could we not? I thought Al-Qaeda was there to undermine my home improvement project. Something, yeah. My goodness. Super scary. But not as scary yesterday because we knew it was in a... Contained yes. area. It was only a couple of buildings. Really? Of course it happened where it would affect what uh -huh. we needed. Dave so. texts us. He's like, dude. Uh, I don't know how to say this, yeah. but uh, we have no power. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. But power is back. We're all excited. And over the weekend, I know you were out laking it, mm -hmm. lake life in it. Yes. I went to the movies and saw the number one movie in America right now, Joe. Uh, the Cummins Spacey movie? So, so close. So close. I, which actually, okay, we'll get to the Kevin Spacey movie because it was only running in, I think, like eight to ten theaters across mm. the country. One of them was in Detroit. So conceivably, right. I could have seen one of the worst movies in America. <laughs> but instead, I went to see one of the most fun, which was Crazy Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. And this is the first um, cast of uh, East Asian descent, the whole cast, since, since, uh, since Joy, Luck Club. Joy Luck Club, which was 25 years ago. Really? Yeah, can you believe that? 25 years ago, Joy Luck Club. Well, you know, the uh, the adult version is called Joy... Anyway, moving on. Oh, boy, yeah. I don't know why that took me even more than a second to figure out what you were saying. I was just watching your face to see if it would <laughs> I'm like, click. oh, that's what runs oh, with luck. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, yeah, so I, there's just been really not good Asian representation as far as no. casts are concerned or casting or how right. people are cast in a show or a right. movie. Well, I mean, being Asian, you yes. kind of it kind of sticks out like Pacific Rim, like one or two Asian cast members. Yeah. Um in Doctor Strange, the ancient one who in the comics is Asian was played by Tilda Swinton. <laughs> so. Right, or there was that movie, I think it was called Ghost in the Shell, which mm -hmm. was like an Asian It's uh, a Japanese, novel. Uh, it's like a manga yeah. comic. And people were like, what? I mean, granted, the character was a robot, so it didn't necessarily mm. have to be anything specific. Right. But they're like, did you, did you have to cast right. Scarlett, Whitey McWhitevich, Scarlett Johansson in that role? 
And they did. Mm. But um, this one, there's two things happening here. One is they're crazy. And the second is they're rich. And the third is that they are Asian. <laughs> the trifecta. No, um, the two things that are happening are one, um, people were so excited that it's, it's just a, a good story and mm. it's an all Asian cast. Right. And people are going to the movie and seeing representation and like crying in the theater because they're so excited to see these beautiful, glamorous, romantic mm. movie that's about people that look like them. Well, there's one problem with this movie and that it's, it's really good and you just you sit there and you watch it and then a half an hour, you want to see the sequel, but it's not ready yet. Because you feel like you're full of this movie, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, I, no, I need more. No. Yeah. So um, people are saying, the buzz around this is saying, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, Michelle Yeoh might uh, get nominated for an Oscar. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, but that, that's probably her Listen, cousins. It's, a, it's, it's just your straight-up regular romantic comedy. I mm -hmm. mean, it's all the, the tropes, but it's... Singapore, first of all, I need to go, but I felt like I went because mm -hmm. it might as well have been like a travel advertisement for it. It was gorgeous yeah. and beautiful. Beautiful city. So, I mean, it's like... I mean, country. Real estate <laughs> porn, city. travel porn, fashion porn, jewelry porn. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the, the things that you get to see in this movie are amazing, but it's pretty much your traditional straight-up regular romantic comedy, which mm -hmm. has been dying over the last few years. Right. There really hasn't been... And you know who's been picking up the romantic comedy slack because it's not in the movie theaters. Oh, like comic movies? Oh, no, Netflix. <laughs> oh! Net Netflix has been producing their own, more leaning towards teenager, but mm. um, romantic comedies. They're kind of bringing it back, and people yeah. are also saying this, the uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Will I know, bring my back. favorite rom-com on Netflix, Stranger Things. <laughs> It's so it's so strange and romantic yes. and, and hilarious there are at the same it. time. Yeah. Yes. What's also interesting with um, Crazy Rich Asians is the one of the last songs, the big songs in the movie is "Turning Japanese" by the Vapors. It, not far off though, is um, Coldplay "Yellow," which they did on purpose. Right. No, I know. <laughs> so. Well, there's a, there's a banana joke. You know what a banana? There is? was a banana joke yeah. in it as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, or a Twinkie. Yeah, she so. flat out the character says to another, basically, "You're yellow on the outside, white on the inside." Right. I mean, they didn't tip dance around it. Yeah, my parents have said that to me many, many times. Are you serious? Well, they one you a time, banana? my mom heard a voiceover demo of me, and she's like, "You sound so American." Oh, you're like, I'm well, talking I was to Americans. <laughs> so Therefore, what do you want me to do? Like what pull do my want? eyes back and Mickey Rooney that stuff or what? Oh God! Wow, that one is a really horrific. Miss Girl Rightry. Wow. Yeah, if you see Breakfast <laughs> at Tiffany's and you're like, I don't even know how that happened. Like, yeah. Who thought Mickey Rooney should play? An Asian neighbor right. who is the worst of all stereotypes right. put into right one small performance. Right down to the Coke bottle glasses and taped back Ooh, eyes. That's a and, you know, As a sidebar, he went to his grave really not understanding. He didn't how, get it? He didn't get it. He's like, I don't understand why people come up to me and say, that was pretty rotten what you did. Oh, I thought I was nice. doing a sweet portrayal of an Asian. Wow. Not so much. It's a good thing you weren't cast in Driving Miss Daisy. That's all I have to say, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh. So the director of Crazy Rich Asians actually wrote a letter to the guys of Coldplay and mm. asked permission, can we please use your song Yellow in mm. the movie? And I don't know if Coldplay was like, ooh, that's yeah. a... <laughs> That's a bad look. Ooh. I'm not sure if we should. I, we're good, bro. No, you cannot use our song. So they initially turned him down. Mm. And they started, you know, trying other songs over these last scenes. And he's like, no. He's like, that's the song that I want. 
And so he wrote a very personal letter to Chris Martin, and mm. he's kind of like, I have been ashamed in my past of being Asian. And he's like, and I kind of want to take yellow back. Right. Kind of like some people are like, I want to take the N-word back. He's like, I kind of want to take yellow yes. back. And in your song, you describe it as so many beautiful things. Yeah. He's like a, sunshine and her skin and like right. all these things. And he's like, so I want to take it back as like a positive thing for our people. And he says, Chris Martin, can you conscientiously uncouple from that song just <laughs> for this movie? Please. You did it please. with Gwyneth. Can you do it for me? Pretty please. <laughs> Um, so they, that's the song that you see mostly towards the, uh, the end of the movie. Mm. So they, he, he felt it. He felt, uh, the letter and he was like, all right, I give you permission. You can have my song. So that movie, number one at the box office, as you mentioned, Kevin Spacey had a movie that was out over the weekend mm. and mm. in only a handful of theaters, but it's still pretty ridiculous that in total, it made $695. And that's all the screens. All of them. Just to put things into perspective, th basically, my tab for concessions when uh, we go with our family and maybe another family to take the kids out to see a flick yeah. is what Kevin Spacey pulled in in this weekend's box office. Yeah, they uh, somebody broke it down. Let's see. So... With the number of theaters that were actually showing this Billionaire Boys Club mm -hmm. movie that he was in, with other people that are relatively known or decent actors, right? Um, they about six people showed up to each theater for it to make mm. what it did in total. When you don't know it, it was the same six. Just traveling. They were just the on country. a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> They're driving. Oh, dude, dude, dude! Just get out of the car. Buy the tickets, quick, quick, quick! Get in. Get, get out. Get in. Yeah. Have some popcorn. Okay. Before we go, who needs to take a bathroom? Bathroom break. Bathroom break. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to come back. I, I know that there have been other people who have had uh, really big scandals surrounding them, and mm. with Kevin Spacey, deservedly so. But I, he's so just persona non grata. Right. Like, I, nobody wants to touch him or anything yeah. he has to do with. Well, Patty Smythe was surrounded by scandal, but she was the warrior. See, Patti Smythe, her band was called Scandal. And so, therefore, she was surrounded by Scandal. And their biggest song See what was The Warrior. Was, yes. Okay. Uh, so, Scandal with Kevin Spacey. His movie tanks. I don't think gonna, but mm. anybody is going to be hiring nope. him anytime soon. Nope. I'm kind of also not sure if anyone's going to be hiring Tara Reid anytime soon. She had... A comeback that nobody saw coming, mm -hmm. which was all the Sharknado movies. I mean, <laughs> they are the highest of high camp and are so ridiculous that people fell right. in love with them. Was it really love? I mean, see, you can hate was watch it? Sharknado. You can laugh because it's just so over the, over the top and ridiculous. Was it the best I almost looking? said over the ridiculous, which that would be a total No, no, no. And, no, I movie. think you should own that. You should take that and run over with it. Over the ridiculous. But I think that maybe people's affinity for the Sharknado movies is the equivalent of all, like, you know, some pretty decent-looking people when lights come back on at the bar going, okay, somebody take home an ugly one. You've got to iron, iron, iron not Ian, Zeering, mm -hmm. with a chainsaw through a shark mm -hmm. and just all kinds of people doing cameos in them. Right. And so they, the, they just did the last one. I think the sixth is going to be the last in the series of Sharknado movies. Oh, my goodness. Don't let it stop. And Tara Reid was doing press all around the world uh, via satellite for it. And she was struggling really hard in this video 
where she does an interview with the Australian Today Show, basically. Mm. And some people were wondering... The, the G'day Show. The G'day. What the hell is wrong with Tara Reid and the G'day Show? So watch it for yourself. And you guys, honestly, is beyond that. It's, it's my favorite one. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so bad that it's good. And it's just... I mean, we've already, like, gone out of space. I already had a baby instead of a shark. I mean, yeah. we, we've done everything. Like, so you thought, like, how can we top this one off? And they're like, I got it. Let's time travel. Yeah, never say never. I was surprised never. you never shot in Australia, honestly. <laughs> well, never seen never, but I really, like, I really wanted us to shoot there. It's one of my favorite places, but, but oh, my God, to shoot in Australia, you guys have the sharks. It would be amazing. Well, you know, we have like, some real have sharks here that we could... Because some good stunt sharks. We could definitely give you a run yeah, for your money. Yeah, real sharks. And is it true, Tara, that you I remember really one time did... when I was there, you guys... We've got the delay here causing problems here, but is it true here that one you really did when I was, when I was in doubt Australia. that it would work? Yeah, of course I would think it would work. I mean, one time when I was visiting uh, in Australia, I took a helicopter over. We were landing in a hotel... And as we took the helicopter over, um, we went like really, really low down, and I saw the netting. And where the netting was, it was unbelievable. There were so many sea rays and sharks. Like, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And then you see like little kids playing on the beach, and I'm like, oh my God, do they have any idea what's on the other side of those nets? Like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. So good. It's like the, the Gold Coast, of course. Oh, the know? Gold Coast, absolutely. beautiful. So scary. What? Listen, I'm going to give her a slight pass mm -hmm. in that when you're doing those satellite interviews, mm -hmm. there's a delay. Yeah, there is a delay. So, but then, so when you're Tara Reid and you're trying to talk like inside your... There's like a double delay There's like a, there's a, yeah. there's a slap back, too. <laughs> yes. You know, kind of like when people call a radio station and the producer says, now turn down your radio, just listen to the phone. And you no can tell understands. when they don't. <laughs> now, my wish after seeing this is to have Tara Reid and Keith Richards oh, God. read together <laughs> passages from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, it has to be Shakespeare. Yes, right. it has oh, to be sometimes. I'll even let you read Julius Caesar. Or maybe the soliloquy from Hamlet. Romeo, oh Romeo, wherefore art thou? And you know what? And you can even paraphrase. If you don't want to read the thing, you can even... You can even just paraphrase it. I just, I can't even imagine her trying to get through yeah. a sentence. But yeah, so I got stabbed in the back <laughs> by my friend. And it was the Idols of March or April or something like that. And then we went yeah. to Ibiza and it was nuts. Oh my goodness, the line at Coney that night was so long. Um, she, after this disastrous interview mm. went viral, then canceled all press that she was doing for Sharknado right. because of a bad back. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's rolling around in that bean of hers, but she really is, uh, she's, she's a little sparkly in the head these days. Mm. Kind of lost it, losing it. But we'll see. We'll see if there's anything else out there for her now that Sharknado is over. God knows. Mm. Now, someone else who is a little bit, uh, Troubled hmm. is Winona Ryder, mm. who has had the comeback because of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. And she, when they were accepting an award, uh, I think was it for an Emmy? It was like the whole cast of Stranger Things was up there. The guy who mm. plays the sheriff in town was giving a speech. And she did about 24 different facial expressions yes, during his speech. <laughs> and that whole thing went viral. And so she's a little, you know cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but um, she is doing press right now 
for a movie, it's like a romantic comedy starring her and Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. And the last time they were together was in the movie Dracula. Mm -hmm. Dracul. Um, so this was back in 1992. I didn't wow. realize it was that long ago either. Was it in one. black and white? <laughs> were we in horse-drawn characters? Did Gary Oldman still have an accent? <laughs> oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. Best I... scene in the movie. Ah, he's cutting his tongue the with the razor blade <laughs> thing. Yes. No, Gary Oldman's a really good dragon. Yeah, he I was thought. awesome. But that movie's super over the top. As everybody in that movie is over the top, including Keanu Reeves, including and, and his <laughs> Keanu Reeves doing an English accent. Oh, what? A, that's that's as good as, um, as Tara Reid doing Shakespeare. Right. I mean, the man was not meant <laughs> to have a British accent. But apparently, when they were filming a wedding scene between her character and Keanu Reeves' character in the movie, um, the director, Francis Ford Coppola, used a real Romanian priest. Mm. And when they shot the scene, yes, they had to mm. shoot like her one shot and his one shot and then a wide shot. They had to, but they did one where they did the whole thing in its entirety, which means that they shot a marriage ceremony in its entirety with a real Romanian, with a real Romanian priest. Oh my gosh, that's so unorthodox. So Winona Ryder is convinced that she and Keanu Reeves are actually married to each other. They might be. My, Isn't this what happened with Ross and Rachel? Is it? I don't know. Wasn't there a friend's... Dave, help us. Dude, it's gonna be no yeah, I'm not a fan either, but I know at some point there was some accidental marriage and somebody didn't know in Vegas and and Joey said, Whoa. Oh no, that was Blossom. My bad. You're bad. No, but I, I could be crazy and you're actually a married person, so you can tell me. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the ceremony that makes it legal, right? Isn't it's the, it uh, the document license. you signed? Yeah. It's the uh Joint checking account. Well, no, I know, but I mean, combining of assets. I mean, especially also carrying her over the threshold. <laughs> so go on. The actual ball and chain. Yes. That you, um, no, but a because they were in a different country, but b because they didn't sign an actual marriage document. Mm. They're not. Well, you really... need a witness too. There you just the two of you witnesses. just can't go. You need to. So Francis Ford Coppola, I'll be the best man and, and sign it. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, maybe they had to stomp on a glass. I don't know. Mm. All right, when we get back, there is a bit of controversy surrounding the tributes that have been happening to Aretha Franklin. Somebody finally defended herself, and we will tell you what she said when we get back next on Pop That Culture. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and Dine special, 9 holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years, and through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. 
We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wald Lake. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Wald Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Pop That Culture. We are back from our power outage. We are full strength and we are ready for the show today. You are Joe. Are we ready? Are, are we, we ready? ready? Are we ever really ready no, though? I don't, really. I don't. I mean, ish. Yeah. Uh, but we're, yeah. we're here. We're here. We are here. <laughs> and we do have details for the funeral and for the viewing for Aretha Franklin, who mm. we lost last week. Um, she's going to be laid to rest at Detroit's Woodlawn Cemetery on August 31st. They're going to have a funeral at Greater Grace Temple. And that's going to be, that's not for the public. That's for invited people, right. family and friends. For dignitaries. dignitaries uh, there was a that. public visitation yes. at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Mm -hmm. And that's on the 28th and 29th for the public visitation. Yes. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. those days, you can go and see her. And you know what? I just uh, before you continue with the story, Sarah, I just want to say this. Um, I think it's fantastic when you take icons like Ernie Harwell mm -hmm. and Gordie Howe and Aretha Franklin, who their estates have allowed public visitations in the, especially in the places where they allowed them to let the adoring fans come and pay their last respects. Although for me. I mean, I, I struggle when you're at a funeral and it's a person that you know, like going mm -hmm. up to an open casket and paying my respects. <clears throat> I w it would also still be difficult for me. Like I would feel, I don't know. I, personally, I would feel strange um, going up to look at Aretha's body. And I remember right. when I did the Ernie Harwell one, people were taking selfies with the body yeah, that will and making it their profile that picture. <coughs> Sorry, all right, you take a sip. No, that and that to me is really dis. And I'm saying, paying respect. Right, and people going, most, people, most people very respectful. You know, and, and, I, and if I remember for Gordy Howe's funeral, it was a closed casket. Uh, was it for the public viewing? You could see him. Really? But I don't. I didn't go. I wanted to. I don't know about his Dave? funeral, but the, <laughs> was it a closed casket? The, the viewing was, was open. You weren't. No, sorry. Okay, it's Jake, you're wearing a wings like, hat. That's what I feel. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, well. It's tough. And for me, like, my paying respects to her was just, like, listening to her music all weekend mm. or watching the stories about her life and learning more about her. That, I don't know, was is mm. more my speed rather than going to see the body. But if you would like to go see the body, you will have the opportunity. So you're just basically saying, Joe, you morbid dick. No, 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 no. Listen, okay. everybody <laughs> mourns differently. Everybody can hurts. do. Yes, everybody hurts, R.E.M. Um, everybody does whatever they want to do. Whatever is good for you is good for you. It's for me, it's I can't. It's not my thing. 
But one of the um, first award shows to happen after her death was the MTV Video Music Awards. And so they were one of the first ones, other than late night television, to be able to do a big Aretha tribute, mm -hmm. or they could have. Right. But it sounds like they kind of last minute just made a decision because I don't know if they felt like the majority of their audience maybe really didn't know that much about Aretha mm -hmm. Franklin, so they didn't want to do like a big piece on her. I don't know right. what the decisions at the top were made. Well, but we know somebody that we can call and ask. It's true. We should ask her. What, <laughs> what, the, what the hell <laughs> happened with the MTV Video Music Awards? Because right towards the end, they had originally told Madonna, we're going to have you hand out like the best video of the year award, mm. whatever. That's what she says she was prepared to do. And then um, they were like, oh, we want you to help us. Do you have any anecdotes or stories that you can say you know, about? We want to do a little Aretha Franklin tribute. Mm -hmm. So she goes out there. And some people said it felt like it was like 10 minutes long, but she tells this long-winded story about herself her. <laughs> and her career coming up when she was just starting and how hard it was and, you know, on and on, all about Madonna, 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 Madonna. And then finally in the story, she talks about how at this audition, at the last second, she decides to, to sing Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin, a cappella, and that she so impressed the people that she, that was able that was like the point that helped to change her career right and then she's like and then i went to france and then i did this and blah 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 and she's like madonna 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 so there's maybe one sentence in the whole story that was about aretha franklin right and at the very end she said you know much love to the queen respect thank you for uh, inspiring us all whatever and they had a picture of aretha up on the big screen the whole time and so you're picturing the producers of the show going so you're from Rochester. That's exactly Aretha's why they from Detroit. Chose her. Aretha adopted Detroit as her home city. You couldn't wait to get the hell out of town and get an accent. So why don't you talk about Aretha? <laughs> and the thing is, is that I think um, not too long after that, Lenny Kravitz came out to do something, which means that he was backstage and he was there. Mm -hmm. And when I had been looking at all the Aretha stuff after she died, he was a person who had worked with her for something. Right. And wrote about how funny she was and how great she was to be around. Like, he had actual stories of working with her right. directly. They could have leaned on him. It didn't have to be Madonna. Yeah. Because they apparently just needed somebody they could shove out there and say some stories. Mm -hmm. Always go to Lenny. Always. Relate you, to the kids. Always hand it off to Kravitz. It's Always. A, that's He's like role. the Barry Sanders of uh, entertainers. <laughs> yes. Take you know, run it straight in. So people have just been going nuts on Madonna for making it all about herself and that it was ridiculous. And now she's come out on social media to say, you know, I wasn't initially there for that and this was last minute, except that your stuff was in the prompter, ladies. So mm -hmm. you were clearly reading it the whole time. Right. There was enough time for somebody to type that in. Right. Um, and she, she said, it was never supposed to be an Aretha tribute. I could never do that in the two minutes I was allowed. You were talking for 10. Mm -hmm. um, and she, of course, Madonna made it all about Madonna. Yeah. It's amazing she was to the show on time. <laughs> it's like, you know, what they have to do with Madonna is they take the call sheet and they change her call time to like three hours before the show. Yes. So she can get there on time. Exactly. When I, I will say... One of the coolest tributes to Aretha happened accidentally yesterday um, at the Tigers game. Mm -hmm. They put her face up on the scoreboard and they said, you know, respect. And they were doing like a moment of silence for her. And we had had storms, obviously, mm -hmm. recently. And then all of a sudden, full arch rainbow. 
over the what stadium. What does it all mean? What does it mean? Double rainbow. Um, and so people were going crazy with pictures of it, but like just the timing of the fact that it was a fully visible, full arch mm -hmm. rainbow, like right when they're saying respect to Aretha Franklin. Yes. That's a better tribute than Madonna. Like this one time I was doing an audition. So I'm I got into the elevator and after I hit the button, I looked up and there was Aretha Franklin. <laughs> the worst. Oh, Madonna. Now there's a big thing happening in music because for the longest time we had always heard that the number one album mm. of all time, according to Billboard, was Michael Thriller. Jackson's Thriller. Mm -hmm. I mean, couldn't no one could beat it for the longest time. Nice. It was just Thriller, well Thriller, done. Thriller, 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 and in you know always a bridesmaid, never a bride, were the Eagles' greatest hits, 1971, 75. Yeah. Coming up the rear. Well, maybe people's affinity for Michael Jackson was just human nature. Um, but they, uh. they just did a thing where they have started to integrate um, streaming and downloading mm -hmm. into the numbers for what makes something platinum. Yes. And so they hadn't done the math on the streams for the Eagles album in a while. They had done it more recently for Michael Jackson's. And so when they finally did the most recent math, they realized, oh, my damn, the Eagles are like 38 times platinum and Michael Jackson's Thriller 33 times platinum. What? And we've been robbing the Eagles this whole time. Unbelievable. Yes. Amazing. Well, good for the Eagles. They say platinum status was once equivalent to selling one million albums or songs. But in 2013, the company began incorporating streaming from YouTube, Spotify, and other digital music services. So now, 1,500 streams of an album equals one album sale. That's a lot of streams to have to equal one oh. album sale. And 10 song downloads equals one album sale. So when they put all that together, they were like, son of a... Wow. Eagles are number one. Amazing. I'm well, that's cool. You know, there's, there's worse controversy that could happen in this industry yes i mean the only thing you could tank the eagles now is like if it was kevin spacey ended up <laughs> taking glenn fry's place oh you know what did tank and i feel i'm kind of i'm a little i'm bummed about are this. you bummed i am are you really bummed i'm bummed because i'm a joel McHale fan i like joel McHale, and i used to hmm. love talk soup i yeah or the soup the who was it the original who was the original top talk soup guy? Oh, there was somebody else, and I don't remember his name. Is that the guy that had like the gray hair with, or had like the gray spot in his hair? No, th there was one before him. Oh, okay. The, uh, I see how consequential the show was in my. <laughs> I was trying to set up some, you know, witty banter between Sarah and me, and, and that nothing. just went into the crapper. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if uh, if people were just sick of clip shows or what, but um, Netflix canceled the Joel McHale show. I know, let's show the clip. <laughs> and then they also canceled Michelle Wolf's talk show. That I kind of saw coming. She kind of had an upswing, at least as far as people knowing who she was mm -hmm. because of the White House Correspondents Dinner right. and how much people uh, either loved it or hated it and the comments that she made about Sarah Huckabee Sanders and all that I, sort of you stuff. You know what, I guess, here's where I stand. Regardless of whether or not I politically agree with somebody, is I don't like it when people really go, I mean, really go for the jugular on people. Mm -hmm. I think there's a certain line that you just don't cross. And I know that these things, you know, like the Friars Club roasts and it's stuff like that, do. can really get kind of gnarly. But I think people, 
kind of know where the cheekiness ends and right. really where teeth come out. And uh, I think she showed her teeth with that one. Too much? Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what Netflix is or isn't able to do as far as like a weekly talk show sort right. of format. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe a show that streams every day at 10 a.m. that's mm. already being produced, perhaps. I mean, if you want to make the call, we'll take you, we'll take you. We're all, we're all going yeah. to Netflix. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. We'll do it from here. No, but they struggled with, um, like, the Chelsea Handler show. Mm. That lasted for a little while, but it didn't really, it wasn't able to. I mean, there's already a lot of late-night TV as it is. Right. So when they try that sort of format um, on Netflix, it's kind of not working as of yet. Although they are right. renewing the David Letterman, but that's, like, that's a different That's a animal. different beast. That's, yeah. a, that's a kind of a new thing. I think what they should do is kind of look at what's working for them in the world of rom-coms. Which is and, working for them. And what they need to do is have a talk show where the host, probably in the third act, or yeah. toward the end of the second act, uh -huh. loses the guest. Oh. And they have to spend the last part of the movie winning the guest back. And they, like, run to the airport yes. before the guest takes yes. off on their flight. Absolutely. And they tell them how they really feel. Right. And that it was all a big misunderstanding. Yes. And then they can continue the interview, mm -hmm. and that's a show. Oh, I like it. See? Very romantic. Mm. Um, we are both really excited that there is going to be a second season of a certain show that's coming back to Netflix. It is amazing. Mm. This next season is going to be disgusting. <laughs> and we are going to show you all the grossness when we get back on Pop That Culture. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. Advertising your business these days can be challenging. Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and, frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on new radio media is a solution. With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for a fraction of what you'd likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information. A study from Johns Hopkins researchers indicates a high-fat diet may lead to the development of new nerve cells in your brain that influence how much you eat. But it's also been known for decades that the brain continues to form new nerve cells well into adulthood. So for now it appears the process occurs not only in the parts of your brain associated with memory and a sense of smell, but also in the ones that control your various body functions including hunger and thirst. One researcher believes that your brain functions this way as part of your body's survival mechanism. When food is abundant, it generates cells that will make you eat more and make you store excess calories as fat for use when food is not readily available. But the problem with humans, particularly those in developed countries, is that food is almost always readily available. So the more you eat, the more fat you store and the greater becomes your appetite. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
Welcome back to Pop That Culture, a show on Netflix. If you haven't seen it already, you need to watch the first season of American Vandal. It's awesome. If you're someone who would both enjoy a true crime series, mm. like Making a Murder, yeah. Rrr, rrr, rrr. Well, it, it's basically like... It's a parody of all of the true crime it's, podcasts yeah. and Netflix shows and things that people are super into. It, it's like they took Spinal Tap yes. and applied it to Making a Murderer and <laughs> yes. shook it up really well. And before spraying it in your face, yes. let it settle down and just put it out there. So the brilliance of the show is they take a ridiculous crime, but they treat it very seriously throughout the whole thing, <laughs> and that's what makes it super funny. Yes. So in season one of American Vandal, the question is, who drew the dicks? Mm. So in the teacher parking lot, like all of the teacher's cars had them spray painted yes. on there, and it came down to a kid in high school who was known for drawing them saying, that's not how I draw the tip. Yes, it's the, the tip is off. Well, that was some of the evidence. I don't that draw was the balls that way. It couldn't and have been here's, here's the funny part, and I'm dead serious about this. I was that kid in high school. You were the guy who drew the things? I got busted on my, <laughs> on my 17th birthday. My mom basically kicked my bed and said, wake up right now. And I'm like, what, what? She's like... The police are here. They would like to talk to you. And it was because I drew some wieners on some garage doors. Wow, they called the that, cops you know, on you? You know the white kiwi shoe polish with yeah. the little square applicator? That's what you used to draw on the they're, garages? Yes, they're great because you just shake them up and you squeeze <laughs> them. And they don't, it doesn't run, and it's fairly waterproof. Kids, it's don't fantastic. do that now. We're not telling you to do that now. He's just saying back in the day. Yeah. That's how convenient yeah. it was for him as a young vandal. And yes, and so, and I really, so American Vandal is very close to my heart. It is, it's I can see. It's almost like a chapter you. of my audio bi biography. <laughs> it's like, so season one, amazing, but then we found out that they were, there was going to be a season two, but what could the crime possibly be mm. this time around? So they have released the trailer for season two of American Vandal, and they definitely kicked it up a notch. Monday, November 6th. It was really just a, a normal day. I don't know how else to describe it. This chicken finger Monday. Those things are damn good. Early into that lunch, I knew something was off. It didn't really hit me right away. And then it really hit me. The lemonade was contaminated. Hi, Mama. All, all of our students, they're all, they're all pooping. Most of us just shit our pants right in front of everyone. People are just trying to find a place where they could shit. This was the worst thing I've seen in 20 years. Before it was all over, it had a name. The brownout. In April of 2016, Sam Eklund and I began shooting American Vandal. The response has been incredible. But with all this attention, came a lot of pressure on what kind of a case to take on next. I'm contacting you because we have a Vandal. He goes by the name The Turd Burglar. I look at my phone and I got tagged in a video. This guy wanted an audience. He was taunting us. Milk, milk, lemonade, around the corner, poo emojis made. The Turd Burglar was a different animal. Who could have had a motive? And who could be a suspect? What if the motive is just poop is funny? Poop is funny. It's poop, but it goes a lot deeper than that. Who is the Chur Burglar? 
can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Poop is always funny. Always. Especially at school. <laughs> Just like the principal that did it on the track. That, yes. Ooh. I can't that's believe it I took think, them so long to bust him. That's where I think they probably got Do the you? inspiration well, for Well, people this. thought it was they got, they got inspired by the movie Bridesmaids because there's that whole scene where they all get food poisoning at the same yeah. time and they're in the bridal salon. To me, that's more of a stretch. like poops in the street. Yeah, I, I think that's more. I think it's plausible, but the principle is more. It's a, it's in an, an academic setting. Gotcha. Already, yeah. and it's and it would be an outrageous twist <laughs> to have the principle do that. We'll see, we'll find out who committed the crime. Yeah. Who's the turd burglar in season two of uh, American Vandal? Um, so I'm excited for that. I am still excited for the next Wonder Woman movie. Oh yes. Anytime we get any information about Wonder Woman 1984, any pictures that they post of Wonder Woman in her new costume, and Kristen mm. Wiig, when they posted pictures of her, like, we saw that Chris Pine is somehow still in yes. the movie, even though his character died in the, the first one. The secret like is died. in the fanny pack. It is. The secret to his resurrection is in the fanny pack. So is um, the fanny pack. And it probably has something to do with the quantum realm. <laughs> And um, and we know that uh, he's got plenty of time to do a good job in this movie since he won't be playing Captain Kirk, at least for the foreseeable future. Oh, I know it hurts you. I know it hurts you, it's, boo. I know it. It's like <laughs> right there. Um, but they're doing a really good job of keeping everyone's interest while they're shooting the movie. So mm. because it's in the early 80s. It's Wonder Woman 1984, but I think Breakfast Club came out in 85, I want to say. Uh, right around like the that. same time. So they redid the famous Breakfast Club movie poster. And you've got Gal Gadot as Molly Ringwald, of course. And then Kristen Wiig as Ellie Sheedy. But that's a pretty good one. Chris Pine mm -hmm. as the nerd. Mm -hmm. I don't know the name of the actor who is uh, Estevez. And then the director, Patty Jenkins, is the rebel. She's right. Judd Nelson. I want to see Patty Jenkins lean over a chair and do the dandruff. <laughs> Oh thing. no, that would be the Ali Sheedy thing. Oh yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So no, I was, I was, I was looking, I was literally looking at Patty Jenkins, going, "Wow, you kind of look like uh, Ali Sheedy right there." She does a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so they uh, they put that out, and people are loving that they put that out. I am terrified by the next thing that was put out. This freaked me. That I don't out. think this was necessary. No. Actually, everything that this man no. does is pretty terrifying. No. But there is an artist named Miguel Vasquez, and he likes to take cartoon characters and do sculptures of what they would look like in real life, mm. real life representations of it, them. This is too real looking. It's a, oh, so he decided to do Homer Simpson. Right. Which the Homer Simpson sculpture has been done before. People have tried to do what he would look like in real life, but this one is over no. the top. Uh, yeah, I so agree. So if we could see the picture of Homer Simpson for this one. It's so, I, oh. God. It's the bulgy eyes and like just how big his mouth is. I. And if you look really close at the texture of his five o'clock shadow, yeah. it, like, it looks It looks real. like it's really growing. It's, yeah. They laid no. those hairs in individually, I'm sure, I, for that no, one. No, that's... It's that's, so terrifying. And, you know, did you ever see the couple that did their house? They painted their house to look just like the Simpson house? Yes, yes, I and have seen that. And it was shaped the same. So I could see him living in that house, but I just don't <laughs> want to see him anymore. No. Because this really creeps me this out. We apologize, because you might not be able to unsee this. Right. But I'll tell you what you really won't be able to unsee. No, this is... <laughs> this artist also did realistic versions-ish of Spongebob Squarepants and his best friend Patrick the Starfish 
Is it me or does it look like a crime is about to be committed? He, yeah. On SpongeBob SquarePants. Patrick. By Patrick. <laughs> Patrick looks like he's gonna go out there and f somebody up for you know for you know for doing something. With his boy. Yeah, you uh, you know what uh, deal with the Krusty Krab went bad. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just like it's so terrifying. I yeah. can't. Why is why is the starfish so big? <laughs> well, because because Patrick is that he's a Patrick is kind I mean, of I like a big dopey and he is dude. bigger than SpongeBob. I don't I don't know. I it it kind of looks like you know if uh, if Drax the Destroyer, so uh, Bautista bit, yeah. had like a, a flowers in the attic uh, <laughs> relative, <laughs> it would be him, right? It would be. I'm so scared. <laughs> Um, now, we have been following Sasha Baron Cohen's TV show, which is also really scary for what he's been able to convince it's, people to do. I'm just wondering if roofies are involved with this show. I don't know. I mean, th yes, there, there's trickery, trickeration mm. involved in how he does it, but people still can say no, and they can say, I'm not going to say these words, mm. I'm not going to do these things. I mean... The things that he's gotten people to do are incredible. A lot of it has been with politicians, but right. some of it is not. And so in his most recent episode, Who is America?, Sasha Baron Cohen pretends to be um, a ex-convict mm -hmm. who um, is now a chef, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he goes after a food critic who's, mm -hmm. you know, sort of into himself and super snobby or whatever. <laughs> Jeez, are food critics like that at all? So... Somehow, he convinces this food critic that they're much like people can donate their bodies and their organs to science mm -hmm. or to help other people. Yeah, I've, got, I've got the little thing on my you driver's side. You sign your yeah. or, or organ donation. Yeah, and my piano, your... too. And I have a little Casio keyboard <laughs> donated that as well. So he convinced this food critic that you can also... In some countries, donate your body for food. Mm, delicious. I'd and like to so, donate my butt. Would you? Yeah. The butt meat is the best part? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of Joe? Yes. That would be the most tender and delicious. Mm, delicious. <laughs> and so <laughs> he told him that uh, there was a family, I believe, in China that had donated his son, their son, and that he had cooked him up in like this delicious butter sauce and mm. that this is what the food critic is eating. He, A, goes ahead with it, takes a bite of what he thinks is a human being. Mm. It's not. And then looks at the camera and says, thank you to the family. Your son is delicious, basically. Mm. Who in their Not right before mind? asking for some plum sauce. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. Because A1 would just... Uh, no, no, it's, no, it covers up gotta, the flavor. you got to do something a little bit more uh, artisanal. It buries it. Yes. Maybe a vinaigrette. So I don't know if I should be impressed that Sasha Baron Cohen has been able to pull some of these things off or horrified and I want to shut it down. I, no, no, no. I want to see this unfold. I, because he has developed this really keen sense of how to get people to do the most outrageous things. And it all starts with the booking and right. the, you know, figuring out what buttons to push to really get them to go along with this. And then flying them in first class, mm. a good hotel, a good stipend for eating in town. And Ugh. Hmm. it's ridiculous. Also real ridiculous. And I just want to let people know this one real quick before we go to break. Um, there's going to be another Liam Neeson action movie. 
Well, he has a very specific set of skills to do this. Apparently right? he has a yeah. lot of skills because you mm -hmm. could just kind of plug Liam Neeson and Revenge into a movie mm -hmm. and you've got your action movie. So right. it was 10 years ago that he first had his big comeback as an action hero in Taken. Mm -hmm. And then there was Taken 2 and Taken 3. And then there was one where he was like out in the field with wolves or something. Right. There was one where he was on an airplane. And the latest Liam Neeson, I have a very particular set of skills, mm. is called Hard Powder, where somebody kills <laughs> his son, and uh, he is a snowplow driver. Right. And so the snowplow driver is going to get revenge for his son's yes. death. Yes. He's going to leave people stuck in their houses all winter. <laughs> is that, he's I, just going to plow them in? Is yeah, he's going to plow he... them in, get, get to the car, <laughs> like no snow for it for you. I, uh, I think Liam Neeson is very good at playing um, dads who are terrible. What? He allows his kids to get kidnapped. <laughs> he allows his son to get killed. What? You know, he gets killed in front of Obi-Wan. I mean, it's just you like... more he, quality time. They, they think they kill Darth Maul, but do they really kill Darth Maul? <laughs> huh, Liam? Oh, but mm. I mean, honestly, is there just like a script generator machine in Hollywood where they just take chunks of old yes. ideas and then it spits out? Well, what the they do one. is they take a whole bunch of action movie tropes. Yes. And then they put it out on Facebook and say, well, if your first letter of your name is J, right. then this trope should be the setup for the movie. <laughs> and if your birthday is in June, this is how the movie ends. Oh, there you God. go. God. Ridiculous. Now, when we get back, we have an explanation coming from a beloved sitcom star for why he now has a tattoo right near his mm. junk and we'll show it to you next on pop that culture want to stay informed entertained and enlightened get connected and stay connected today to new radio media the new radio media app is now available for download in the apple and google play store just search for nrm streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content, welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. 
Stream the life you want to live. I don't know if you've been following the romantic exploits of Kelsey Grammer, Joe. I would imagine that you have been, because who hasn't? You know, really? I, uh, I used to watch Frasier when it was on the air it's 10, 15 years ago. Very yeah. good show. He, uh, he was married to a woman who was on The Real Housewives for a while. I didn't know that. Camille. Camille Grammer. So he was married to her, and then he met a pretty lady on an airplane, and he started to cheat on Camille with mm. the lady from the airplane. But only in the bathroom. <laughs> yes. She was a flight attendant at the time, and she was like, coffee, tea, or me, sir. And he was like, I'll take the letter. Mm. Uh, and the whole can, please. <laughs> yes. Don't be stingy. Don't yes. be just one. Like, I want the entire can of Diet, Diet Coke. Give it to me. Um, so because he then left Camille and married this flight attendant lady, mm. she realized that the way that you meet them sometimes is the way that they're going to leave you. So she's like, if he was willing to cheat on that wife, with me, and then now we're married, it's still very possible that he right. could cheat on me. It was a bad year for Camille's. What can <laughs> it I was say? a bad year yeah. for Camille's. You are correct, sir. So this is Kelsey Grammer on with Conan O'Brien explaining how his current wife is trying to make sure that he behaves. You're not a tattoo guy, are you? I'm not a tattoo guy, no. Yeah, you have no uh, tattoos? No, I have one tattoo. Uh, actually, I had it in that picture as well, but it's in a place that's very discreet. Uh, Can you be a little more is, elaborate, please? Yeah, it's right. It's right over here. <laughs> it's, it's right over. Oh, it's down in the there. groinal area. It's sort of over near there. Yeah. In the uh, pubic region, maybe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Near the pubis. Yes. Yes, that's where that's where it is. Yes. I do feel like this has turned into a trial very <laughs> quickly. <laughs> And why did you get it there? Uh, well, is it pointing the way? Well, What's you know, it doing? No, you know what? <laughs> Turn right here for I think, plenty of fun. I think it was more of sort of an ownership thing. Mm -hmm. My wife said, "Why don't you get a tattoo?" Uh, and I, I guess maybe it was based on the idea that if, if ever, I, I thought maybe a, you know a, a peccadillo outside the marriage was was a good idea that whoever might be you know would would read that this particular piece of Equipment was already signed <laughs> and, and owned by, by someone named Kate. <laughs> That's a very strange, yeah. I, I think that was oh, this it. is, I found this, but they had a label on it, so I'm returning right, it. No, yeah. you know, this, this is clearly not what I thought it was. All right, well, uh, wow. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. I have a lot to process. Much. Now we know a lot more about Kelsey Grammer that I don't no. necessarily need I, to I don't know. need to know that. No. Thanks. You know, for telling us maybe some sordid affair with his television wife on a show. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't need to know that. Now we know about the junk tattoo. Ah, I don't Thanks know. Thanks a lot. Nope. But what you will enjoy is our next video. We have a nun from Minnesota is going viral because mm. she threw out the first pitch this past weekend, and. Uh, she did it with some flair. Her name is Sister Mary Jo. Oh, of course it Sister is. Sister Mary Jo. Oh. It was a celebration of the Catholic high school that day at the old ballpark at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. And so she threw out the first pitch and did it in a way 
I haven't seen anybody throw out a first pitch like right? this in a long time. Well, most people, I almost think that they choose people to throw first pitch that have no business no. ever stepping on a pitcher's Never mind. underestimate Sister Mary Joe, yes. though. This is what it looked like. Bam. Oh, right off the muscle. Oh, hey. So she actually, I think, threw him a bit of a curve. And they loved it. They loved it. Oh, look at her little outfit. Way to go, Sister Wait, Mary Jo. Is, is what? Is, is that? Is that it what? Is that's Dana Carvey. <laughs> Could that's it be? the church lady. Could it be Satan? <laughs> oh, can you do that thing? Can you do? Can you do no. a ball that you bounce I've, off your muscles? I tried to, it, it, you know, but the the guns haven't been fired in a while. <laughs> you know who can bounce a baseball off of his bicep? It's Craig it's Folly. It's Craig Folly. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah he's going to be up next, and if you're really lucky, I mean, he's got a lot of things to talk about in the news and headlines and politics. But if you're really lucky, he'll do the baseball trick for you. Yeah. So for we'll sure. see you tomorrow on Pop That Culture.